welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you can turn with me, please, for our text will be taken out of Revelation 19, verse 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 6. I thought we'd get to the marriage supper of the Lamb, but we're going to save that for next week. So we're, we're just uh, savoring each verse here. So again, uh, Revelation 19.1, title of our message is End Times Worship Service. End Times Worship Service. There's going to be, in heaven, at the end of the tribulation period, there's going to be a worship service in heaven that we as believers will be a part of. That's what we're going to look at. I find it interesting in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, we looked at a worship service that took place at the beginning of the tribulation period. Now there's a worship service in heaven that we see at the end of the tribulation period. So we'll be in that worship service. We're going to look at it here in our text and talk about that. Uh, but I, I want to, before we start getting into the text, is... Uh, you know, bring up a few things. Worship itself. The word worship means literally to turn and to kiss. It's a word of passion. So the worship service, this is what we're considering on Sundays. We have a worship service. We, we worship from beginning to end. Some people mistakenly think when we're singing and the band is up here, the worship team's up here, that's our worship service, and then it's, it, that's the end of the worship part of it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't misunderstand that. This whole thing is a worship service. So we worship first off in song as we sing, uh, giving adoration to our king. We, we worship in prayer. So when we're praying, that's a part of being passionate. We're passionate as we talk to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So that's the other thing. We worship in word. So when we're studying the word, that's still, we're passionate about him speaking to us and learning of him. Uh, remember in the, in the word it says that those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God's word is truth. Don't ever misunderstand that, you know, that's, oh, that's the, that's the study of the word. That's not part of our worship. No, 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 no. That's a big part of worship. It's primarily how God speaks to us is through his word. We worship in giving. So that's why we have the time for the, the offering to be taken because we invest in his kingdom. We give as the, the Bible talks about with our tithes and our offerings and giving them, offering them up to him for the furtherance of his kingdom. So that's part of our worship. We're to be passionate about that. And then we worship in fellowship. So our fellowship together as we're hanging out here, we should be passionate about each other, which I believe this church is, and what a blessing as you see the body and the, the family close and fellowshipping. But don't miss this part of fellowship. We fellowship with Jesus during this time. He's here. Do you know that? Amen. But we can't see him with our physical eyes. The Bible guarantees us if there's two or three gathered together in the name of Jesus. How many are here gathered in the name of Jesus? Can you show your hands? <laughs> Lift your hand up. Put your, put your hand up. Leave your hand up. It's okay. This should be everybody. So everybody should have their hand up. <laughs> You online, you outside. I don't see your hands out about there. Come on. Are we here in the name? Because that's the only reason we're here. So if there's only two or three in the name of Jesus, he promises that he'll be here. So we're worshiping in fellowship. We're passionate about his presence here with us. And if you don't know that his presence is here, you're missing out on a big part of worship. He's here. So we're going to read about this wonderful worship service. 
That's gonna take place at the end of the tribulation period, and I wanna read it to you, so if you can please stand with me, I'm gonna read. In Revelation 19, verses one to six, this is the Apostle John that's writing this, the Apostle John, and he writes, after these things, verse one, I heard a voice, a loud voice, of a great multitude in heaven, saying, can we say it together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Again, they said, can we say it again? Hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever, and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worship God, who sat on the throne, saying, Amen, hallelujah. Thank you. Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, can we say it again? Hallelujah. hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Lord, we thank you that you do reign. And truly, Lord, we're all in agreement. May you reign during this time. May we realize that you are all-powerful. You are all-knowing. You are all-present. And we recognize your presence here in this place with us. We pray for those that are watching online. Fill their homes, Lord, with your presence, Lord. We're here to worship you. We're here to learn of you, to hear your voice speak, Lord. Give us ears that we might hear what you have to say today. Teach us in your ways, Lord. We give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you. In chapter 18, uh, last week we looked at was the destruction of the one world economy and one world governing system. It will crash. The one world economy, the one world governing system, as we've been looking at, is headed up by the Antichrist. He's a wicked man. He hates God. He blasphemes God. He has a great following. He will come and rule and reign during that time of the tribulation. He will have authority and power for a short time. And his, as we looked at last week, his plan, his rule will be destroyed in one hour. It'll be quick. It'll be totally destroyed. So that's going to happen. But if you recall, in verse 20 of chapter 18, there was a command that came out, a voice came out that said, rejoice over that. Rejoice in the fact that this system is destroyed. So that's what we're looking at here. We're seeing the rejoicing. The command went out, rejoice, O heaven, you apostles, you prophets, and rejoicing just reigns out in heaven. It's a powerful worship service. We're going to look a little closer at what it looks like again as well here in a minute. Uh, before I do timeline, it's pretty evident. This is the very, very, very tail end of the tribulation period. This is just before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. We're going to look at next week. I can't wait. The, we're going to have the marriage supper of the lamb, the feast that we're all going to be a part of. We're going to talk about that in detail next week. So you're not going to want to miss next week. Just, uh, just saying. So that's right there. It's right at that time. So we're, we're, that's what we're looking at, the timeline, okay? A reminder, we like to do this every Sunday. One reminder, the church will not be here on the earth during that time. We're going to look at it. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to be worshiping the Lord during that time. 
So the church is never seen during the time of tribulation. You might say, Pastor, it does uh, saints. What, 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 who are those saints? Well, good question. Those saints are tribulation saints. Those are not, it's not the church. The church is never mentioned during the time of tribulation. Never. Why? Because we're in heaven and we'll get letters and comments and I know, but okay, if your eschatology is different, you're, it's okay. You can be wrong. That's okay. That's, it's understandable. <laughs> Good people, people I love actually that know the word real well and, and all, they, they get this one wrong, but no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but be that as it may. The other thing we like to always uh, be reminded of when we, uh, when we study the book of Revelation, we want to look at and talk about the very fact, especially if you're new here and you're watching online maybe for the very first time, The book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises a threefold blessing. There's no other book in the Bible that promises you that. We are blessed when we read it, we're blessed when we hear it, and we're blessed when we apply it. Keep it and apply it, same thing. So when we apply it, so we just read it, we just heard it, so we can just fold up the Bible and say, thank you, Lord, and we'll be blessed. But there's one other part that we want to make sure we we dive into the blessing of applying it, keeping it in our lives. And so let's see if we can make some application. And let's look back. Verse 1. So verse 1, John the Apostle writes, After these things, so after the destruction of Babylon, the harlot, uh, the one world economy, the one world financial system, the wicked system, after these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, can we say it again? Hallelujah. Don't miss the fact, multitude, great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord who? Our God. I believe this is the tribulation saints that start this course, that starts the singing. And the reason why is the next verse talks about uh, the avenged, uh, their blood was avenged on the earth. And so these are the ones, they're going to be singing and praising, saying, hallelujah, because They're rejoicing in the fact that they were saved from that corruption. God saved them from that mess down on the earth. And and God avenged their blood. So so we're looking at that. Um, Very interesting fact. This word, alleluia, means praise the Lord. But look at this. This is the very first time in the entire New Testament that word is ever used. And it's used four times in, the book, in, this, in this chapter. Only time that it's used. The word, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's not used any of this word. is not used anywhere else in the New Testament. And what I believe, possibly, it's saved, it's reserved for the, this final victory. It's like, don't use it until then. And I wonder, this is me speculating, okay? Because it's not used. You don't read it anywhere in the New Testament. Even in heaven, there's, someone would say, hallelujah, no, 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 shh, don't, hold on. Where's time? Be patient. <laughs> Be patient. That's going to be the victory celebration word we're going to use. Save that word. It's saved. Very interesting. Don't miss this. Praise to our king, to our Lord, is going to be a big part of what we're going to do in heaven. And, and, I, and I pray it's a big part of what you do. Can I ask you this? And you don't have to say it out loud. Would you consider yourself one who really praises God? I remember before I became a Christian, I would go to church. I went to a denominational church, and, and I would 
be there during the time when the praise time was going on. I literally would do this. This is all I, there were words up on the screen. Sometimes I would sing it. Sometimes I didn't sing it. Sometimes I'd just be, you know, figuring out where I'm going to go to lunch and this, you know. <laughs> Other times I would, words, and I, oh, that's a nice one. I just, da, 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 da. When will I go to lunch? I didn't even, seriously, I didn't even, the words meant absolutely nothing to me because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. I wasn't really praising God. I was just reading some words and it sounded kind of nice and people had nice voices and my voice is just okay. So I just, la, 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 no big deal. Seriously, that happened to me for 30 some years until I accepted Christ. When I accepted Christ, it all changed. And I hope and pray it's changed for you. Praise is important, folks. Don't ever think praise is not important. We will be praising our King of kings, our Lord of lords. That's what we're looking at here, the praise to our king. And I remember the same church going that the, the next Sunday after I accepted Christ, and all of a sudden, everything's changed. I'm standing in the church. I'm looking at the words. Tears are coming out of my eye. I'm like, wow, I'll praise you. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm just like praising God. I'm like, this is, wow, something's changed. And I'm like, what is going on with me? Well, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I realize I've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thanking him for my salvation. And everything changed. And in this particular church, this denominational church I was in, I was looking around at the people, and they're all like, oh, God, oh, God, oh. And they're just looking at this. They're looking at their watches. Or, oh, God, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, they're not getting it. This isn't a praise, sir. You guys aren't praising the king. And then after that, I went to a non-denominational church, and it went to a whole other level. I mean, my eyes were just, I don't know what was going on, but things were, water was coming out of my eyes like crazy. And I was just like, it was, it was like, I'm getting this. This is praise. This is what we're supposed to do. I'm cre- Listen, I'm created to worship God. You're created to worship God. And I'll never forget that day. It was just like, whoa. And his presence was there. And I'm just like, everybody in the whole place, they're all just like worshiping. And I'm looking around. I'm thinking, I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. And then I see little, like over half of the people or half the people that got their hands raised. I've never experienced that. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, well, should I raise my hands? And then I'm thinking, well, what are people going to think? And I'm thinking, who cares what anybody thinks? And I just, I'll never forget. Just that day, I just raised my hands. I started work. I'm like, wow, God. And there was like a surrender. It's like, Lord, I could care less what anybody thinks right now. I worship you, God. I praise you. I thank you for my salvation. I thank you for your blood shed that washes away my sin. And it was just, it went to a whole another level. And it hasn't changed. Let me ask you again. Is praise important to you? Can I tell you it's important to God? It's very important to God. Are you a person of praise? Because we will be praising him. And you might say, well, pastor, I, uh, I don't have a very nice voice. Well, then it's a sacrifice of praise, you know, just, just saying. <laughs> They're praising him for his glory, his honor, his power. They're praising him for salvation. The word salvation means to save, to deliver, to rescue, to make safe. So if it is the tribulation saints, part of it's probably saying, God, you saved us from that wicked world. You saved us from these, the, the wicked rulers. You delivered us from the torment that we had on the earth. You saved us. But I truly believe it's more than that. They're, they're praising him not just for rescuing them from the earth, but saving them from hell because of Jesus. 
I don't care who, if somebody's told you there's no such place as a literal hell, let me tell you by the authority of God's word, they're lying to you. They're heretics. They're liars. There is a literal place called hell. It's all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It is a literal place, and it's a place of torment. Then there's a place called the the lake of fire. It's a place where people that, that refuse Jesus Christ, refuse Jesus Christ, refuse his salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, they'll end up in this place called the lake of fire, which is torment forever. God doesn't want anyone to go there. And you might say, well, that's so mean. Why did he create that place? Because there's wicked people and there's wickedness and Satan needs to go in that place. And it's a place of punishment where he'll go. And the Bible said it was created for him and all the, the following demons that followed him. And he doesn't want any human being to go there. He doesn't, listen, he does not want you to go there. But you can send yourself there if you refuse the free gift of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. It's you. It's not him. You're given a choice. Salvation. Paul the Apostle in Romans 3.23 says, For all have what? Sin. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We're all born into this world, and we are sinners. We sin. Sin came down from Adam. Adam fell. Every one of mankind, we're all sinners. We're born in sin. We all, we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Being justified, though, freely by what? His grace. That's how we're saved. We're justified. The word justified, you know this, just as if it, it ever happened. You can be justified by what? His grace, which means his favor. God wants to save you by his grace through the redemption that is in who? Christ Jesus, whom, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. The propitiation is literally the mercy seat. It's a literal talking about the mercy seat. He's a substitute. He, he gives us mercy. We, we deserve the wages of sin is death, but he gives us mercy by his grace, if we'll accept Christ as our Savior, by his blood through what? Faith. You must believe. To demonstrate his righteousness, because of his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously, previously committed. Check this out. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he, the Lord, might be just and the what? Justifier of the one who has faith in who? Has faith in Jesus. That's how we're saved, guys. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but maybe there's one watching online. Maybe there's one here, one outside. Maybe there's a person here that thinks you can go to heaven by being good. Can I tell you this? You can't be good enough. Before I became a Christian, before I got into some really bad stuff, people would ask me, um, when you die, are you going to go to heaven? And I would respond, I, I, I think so. That's what I would say. I think so. And, and that they would ask me, well, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? You know, my response was, because I'm a good person. <laughs> That's what I thought. And I would say pridefully, I'd say, you know, I haven't, you know, I don't steal anymore. I don't steal things. I have never murdered anybody. <laughs> and I was always comparing myself to the next guy. It's like, I'm better than the most people. And somehow, some way, people think they can get to heaven by being good people. Can you, can you answer me this question if you think that? Then why did Jesus Christ have to die such a brutal death at the cross if you can make it in with your good works? You can't. The Bible says there's not one good. No, not one. All of sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We need a savior. We need to be saved from our sin. Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away the sins of the world. He wants to take away your sin, but you must admit that you're a sinner and you must turn to him. 
And you must receive him as your Lord and Savior, and you will have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What else are we told in Scripture? Ephesians 2.8, you know this, for by what we're saved? By grace. grace you've been saved. That's favor, through faith. And that's all of yourself? Is that what it says? Can we say to it that is not of yourselves? It is the gift of God. Have you received the gift of God of eternal life? Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Think through this with me a little bit. Think if it was of works, in other words, the good things that we did. Heaven would be such a big boasting party, wouldn't it? Seriously, if it was works, okay? Well, you know, we'd be up in heaven. Well, I gave, you know, $10 million to the church, and I just, uh, because I'm just a generous person, and that's why I'm here. It's like, it would just be a boat. The other person, well, you know what? That's really not much at all. I gave $2 billion to the church. It was like, oh, well, I, I fed the homeless, and I, I did this, and, and I did that. Guys, none of that will get you into heaven. You're saved by grace through faith alone, through Jesus Christ. It's nothing you can do. You cannot save yourself. You must receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. He died in your place. He died in your stead. He takes away your sin. He takes away your guilt. He takes away your shame. And he gives you eternal life. And he comes to live inside of you by his Holy Spirit to give you eternal life. To be absent from our body means that we're going to be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity when we die. Why? Because Christ in me, the hope of glory, the hope that goes beyond the grave, I'm going to be in his presence, in his glory, forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. It's only through Jesus. They're boasting in this. And then also, you know this, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Death, eternal separation from God. The wages, the payoff day when you go to heaven, if you haven't accepted Christ, you're eternally separated from God for all eternity. If it stopped there, that would be terrible. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life, eternal life in who? Christ. Christ Jesus our Lord. One other point before we go back into our text. There's no such thing as a closet Christian. I hope you know that. Well, I accepted Christ. Just don't tell anybody at work. I don't want anybody to know. (laughs) Oh, you're a Christian too. Okay, let's keep it quiet. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father who is in heaven. People need to know, don't be a closet Christian. There's no such thing. They don't go together. If you're saved, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God into salvation to those that believe. God wants to speak through you. God wants to use you. Don't worry about what people think of you. Don't be a man pleaser. Be a God pleaser. And my question before we get into the text, back into the text, are you saved? Do you know when you die you're going to heaven? Have you accepted the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? If not, do it today. Listen, let me give you a little test, okay? I believe it's very important that you hear this. Please, if you don't get anything else, get this right now. Please don't miss this. You might have said a prayer. You might have gone forward. You might have stood up. You might have went to a Billy Graham crusade. You might have went to a Great Glory crusade. You might have given your life and think that you gave your life to Christ. But has there been a change taking place that's taking place, continue to take place in your life? Are you changed? He saved you to change you. If you're the same as you were before, 
look out, you might be deceiving yourself. Salvation is a free gift. You must receive it. You must give your life to him. He must be Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He wants to rule over you. He wants to direct you. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you eternal life. Has that happened to your life? If not, please hear me clearly. Do it today. Don't wait another day. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you'll hear his voice, Don't harden your heart. He wants to change you. He wants to deliver you. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.